Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. You guys doing well? All right, let's go to work. So if you open up your Bible to Matthew chapter 25, turn that with me, the beginning of the Gospels, the book of Matthew chapter 25. It's going to be on the screen behind me as well, but I encourage you if, you, if you're here, if you're coming to this community, to bring your Bible, your tangible physical Bible. There's something beautiful about that. But I'm going to be in verse 14, starting in verse 30. And notice, this is Jesus using the language, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. And so before we dive into this, we're going to pray, all right? Jesus, we love you. We honor you. God, I pray right now that uh, the words, Father, that come out of my mouth, that they would not be mine, God, but they would be yours. I pray, Father, that as we read and digest your scripture, that we would come to a realization, Father, that we need to get on track with what it means to be true students and true apprentices. I pray, God, that you would do a deep work in us, that you would show us, that you would open up our eyes to things that we might not have ever seen before as we give this time to you. In your name we pray. Amen. So starting at verse 14, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. This is the red letter. He says this again, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, two bags. And to another, one bag. Another translation says talents each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who received five, I'm going to say it this way, talents of gold went at once and put his money to work and he gained five more bags or talents. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the man who had received five bags or five talents of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. I've done some work. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Watch this. You have been faithful with a few things. Now I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Another translation says your master's joy. The man with two bags of gold also said, Master, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's joy. Then the man who received one bag came, and he said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathered where have you not scattered, which is side note, this means he doesn't know his master. So I was afraid. I was terrified. I was worried. I was doubtful. And I went and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant, you slothful man. You knew that I harvest, 
So uh, he said, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. And throw that, that worthless, this is Jesus. So I'm sorry if you get offended, right? Throw that worthless servant outside, that lazy man. He didn't do anything. Into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You guys feel that? It's heavy. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the last one. <laughs> What's Jesus trying to say to us in this passage of scripture in the book of Matthew? I want to talk about a new collection of talks in the next couple of weeks, three Sundays, on what it means to do unto the Lord. That I I want to do everything, not for man, I want to do it for God. I want to do it unto the Lord. I want every aspect of my life to be unto God. The way that I work, the way that I talk, the way that I am in relationships, how I serve my wife, how I talk with my children, I want all of it to be unto the Lord. And if I had a title, the title today is On Talents. If I had a subtitle, if you're taking notes, it's Faithfulness is the Soil to Blessing. I'll say it again if you missed that one because it's really good. Faithfulness, if you notice in the scripture, is the soil to blessing. And I'll prove it to you, but let's ask some questions. What, what does it mean to be a disciple? What is a person who is a true disciple, a true apprentice of Jesus, what do they look like? What are the things that they do? What are the attitudes that a true Christian or disciple has? You see, we could ask that question in many different ways. And we could give many different answers, which are legitimate to that question. But I want you to see what Jesus is trying to press to his disciples, because he's speaking right now to his disciples, and many are listening. He's preaching this message to his own And yet he's talking to them about people who appear to be servants of the king, but they don't live as if they are servants of the king. (laughs) We've been talking about this for a while, but it's one thing to say, Jesus is my savior. It's another to say, he's my Lord. It's one way to live in in accordance to the kingdom of heaven. And it's, it's one way to say, I'm a citizen, I'm a son, yes, biblically 100%, but Let's be then doers of what that is. Let's participate in the kingdom that God's called us to be in and walk in and live in. And he's giving them a tremendous warning, by the way, against those who profess to be his followers. But in their lives, they totally neglect to live as if they were his followers. The talents in this parable belong to someone else, don't they? The master, which if you look deep enough, is is God, right? A parable is, is filled with similes and, and metaphors, and it's like this, and, and Jesus is saying, I want you to understand what the kingdom of heaven, I have to teach you how to unlearn some things. The kingdom of heaven requires faithfulness. And when you're faithful, I will entrust you with more. And if you're faithful with that, I will trust you with more. But, but if you do nothing with what I've given you, because how many of you know you have gifts and talents? You have something within you that God has entrusted you with. Some of you are phenomenal at speaking. 
Some of you are phenomenal at, at, at digesting the scripture and being able to, to teach it in such a way that it's relevant and it's powerful and it means something. And some of you have discernment where you can walk into a room and, and feel the atmosphere and know that something's off. Some of you know exactly what you need to do, but you're not doing it. And where I want to go as a church, where I want to go as a community is I, I think there's something wrong if, if we gather together on a weekly basis and there's, there's people that are just sitting, spectating, and you're not getting in the game. You just want to ride the bench. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to run with people that are like, man, I'm all in. Just put me in. I don't really know how to dribble the ball very well, but throw me in, man. I want to run with people that, that, that don't have to be like, hey, man, do you want to do this or not? That's the lazy servant. They're like, he's like, oh, gosh, I, I know my master's scary. I'm afraid of him. Man, he's, like, powerful. He's, he owns a lot of, like, crops and land and money and resources. And, and gosh, if I do something wrong, he's going to be really upset with me. So I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this one thing he gave me and ah, I'm going to hide it. I'm going to go dig it in the ground and then I, I, he's going to be so proud of me because then I won't lose it. Then I won't mess it up. And yet Jesus in the scriptures is trying to show us that that's not how it works in the kingdom. We're not called to play it safe. We're not called to just live in our comfortability. I, I want to be dangerous for the kingdom. I, I want to be a man on fire for God, and I don't want to care about what people say or what people think, but I need to resolve something in me first before I ever lead, before I ever tell someone what's going on in their soul. I need to, to wrestle in my own soul first. But I've noticed, man, if you're faithful with the little, if you just show up, if you say, man, as a man in my, in my house, as a man and in, 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 as, as a father and as, I, as a husband, I, I'm, I'm going to stop yelling at my wife. Let's just stop. Let's just start there. I'm going to stop getting angry and, and flustered and upset and cussing and, and punching holes in the wall. Let's just, let, how about we start there first before we go anywhere else? And I, gosh, I was on the phone with a guy yesterday and I was just, my heart was broken. He said, man, I'm... My father is a pastor. I've lived in the church all my life. On the, his wife left him living in another space because he has this unresolved anger in him. And I'm like, wait, so you, man, but I'm at church every week. I take my family to church. We're in church, man, no matter what. She doesn't see it. And I'm like, really? Holy smokes. You don't see what's going on in you? But, but what about women, like us as, for the women in the room, like where, where are you at with God? Are you so focused on, 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 on the Prince Charming that you, you miss the Prince of Peace? And so we have to resolve something in us before I can ever even do what God has called me to do. I got to be faithful with the little first. And you know what it looks like? Man, I'll just be honest. It looks like this. How many people in the room are willing to get on your knees before your master, before your king, and say, man, Jesus, you can have everything. I don't need it anymore. Yeah. You want my money, you can have it. You want my life, you can have it. You want everything. You want my comfortability, I don't want it anymore. Where are you calling me? What are you, what are you asking of me? But it requires faithfulness. Because didn't Jesus say, 
in the scriptures when he was given the parables that, 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 that the, the man is throwing the seed, the farmer's throwing the seed, and it's landing all, all these different soil. But one of the soil, right, it goes, but it, it's not really rooted well. There's, there's not some good stuff. It's not nourished. So the root goes really fast. And then it's torn and it falls out because the root didn't go deep enough. <laughs> Can I just be honest? As a pastor, it's not worth, the pulpit isn't worth it to me if I haven't resolved things in me and I haven't been faithful to God in the little. I just can't do it. Like, you should not be at a place where you think you're okay if you're not okay. And what I see in the scriptures is that I just don't want to be a man, or you, you wouldn't want to be a woman. You don't want to be a person that says, man, I'm all in with Jesus. But then it's like, well, what are you doing with what you have then? What, do you, what talents do you have? What has God entrusted you with? What are you doing with what you have? Is this making sense? And what's crazy here is, is in other words, these talents, were they were a sum of money or goods. They were a weight of measure of money that were to be used by the servants to advance, watch this, the interests of the master while he was away. Yes, they would reap a reward for their faithfulness. Yes, it would be to their benefit to enlarge the financial wealth of the household. But ultimately, the agenda for the use of your talents and my talents, watch this, is for expanding the master's kingdom. If you think it's about you, it's not going to work. If I think that this is about me, Lord, help me. And so we have to get to a point in our discipleship with Jesus. We have to get to a point in our lives that I have to be willing to say, God, your will, not mine. And honestly, I've talked to people. They, they literally have told me, I can't do that. I just, I can't let this one thing go. I can't let that offense go. I can't let that anger go. I can't let those resentments go. So while he was away, the servants are to use this trust, the trust that they have given, been giving, not for the primary use for themselves or their own benefit, but for the benefit of the master. So here's the master's challenge. Notice Jesus goes out of his way to say that the master gave this weight of money or goods to his servants. In verse 14, a man is about to go on a journey and he called on his servants. Jesus is stressing that the people to whom the master gave the trust already belong to him. Do you belong to God? Like really, are you fully invested and say, I'm a son of God, I'm a daughter of God. And theologically, if you confess Jesus as Lord in your life and you begin to do the work and you walk in him and you stand in his grace and you live in his mercy, you're a son of God, you're a daughter of God. But there's something that Jesus is trying to say. He's trying to go deeper. He's trying to stress something here. He has entrusted his possession. And this is twice now that Jesus is stressing this. Are you getting the picture here? This is the picture of the lordship of God over his people. We belong to him and all of our resources he has given to us belong to him. 
The point of the story thus far is that Jesus has entrusted his church, you and I, he's entrusted me and you, with gifts, and with those gifts are to be used for the kingdom and for him. And, like, where are you with all of this? Like, really, where are you? Do you have gifts that have been lying dormant, and you know you're, you're supposed to use them for God's kingdom, but you haven't been using them? You haven't been walking in them. And man, I just, I don't want to stand before God and him say, maybe this is my personality dichotomy, and him say, man, like you're, you were lazy, Sam. I mean, like Jesus is giving this parable for a reason. Like if there's any person that I want to Please, if there's any person that I want to do good by, it first must be God. If we can get that right, I can assure you everything else will sort of fall in its place because your focus is on God and you're working for him, you're doing for him, you're living for him. And I'm not even talking, maybe you're like, well, I can't really do that. I'm a full-time worker. I got so much stuff to do. I'm a teacher in a school district. And it's like, that's your gift. <laughs> The kingdom of heaven isn't just, it doesn't just reside inside of a building. If you think that, you need to expand your theology. You need to expand your belief system. You, my Bible says in Ephesians, are all ministers of the gospel. So wherever you're at, that's where you need to be faithful. So how are you doing in your, in your job? Are you being faithful to your job? Are you being faithful to the authority that's over you? Are you honoring? Are you serving? Are you working diligently? Not unto your boss, but unto the Lord. I'll never forget when I was having issues as a youth pastor. My pastor was bothering me. <laughs> he was upsetting me. He was ruffling my feathers. I remember I went to my, my dad and I called him and he said, Hey, Sam, we got to get, get something right here. That's not your boss. God's your boss. You work for God, Sammy. And I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, that's true. Dang. And God has actually entrusted that man over me. And I need authority in my life, and I need wisdom in my life, and I need people to speak to me at times. And I, I need to be faithful with a little so that he can expand me and grow me. But if I'm being honest, I'm at a point where I, I don't know if I want the expansion. Can I just be real with you? I don't know, it's like, it's hard. It's difficult. I just talked about this last week. I then have to be resolved in the secret place if God wants to do anything in my life in the public place. But the public will crush you. The stage and the platform will kill you if you're not ready for it. The places that you want to go I want you to go there, but before you get there, you need to resolve something between you and God and first say, God, this is your kingdom and it's not mine. This is your way and it's not my way. And I have to do everything that I need to do because you've entrusted me with some beautiful stuff. What are you doing with what God has entrusted you with? What are the things that you're doing? We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to him. And all that he has entrusted us with, we are to use to magnify him. Did you know that? As a true disciple, that's what it looks like. Jesus has given all who believe him resources for the sake of building up the kingdom. And here's the, here's the servant's response. 
He tells us in verse 16 through 18 what happened. He gives us an account of how each servant managed the trust, and this in and of itself reminds us that Jesus is keenly interested in how we live. Doesn't it show that? He cares about how you live. He cares about what you do with what you do. He cares about how you act around people. He cares about your relationships. He, he, is, he is so invested in what that looks like. Two of the servants gain a 100% return on what the master has entrusted to them. Two of the servants double. They got a double portion. I don't know about you, but I, I, I want to be like Elisha that got the double portion. This is, this is, there's some correlation here between what it means to get double of what you had been given. And God can bless that and God will multiply that. But it, it starts with faithfulness. And while the third servant buried what the master had trusted in him, now we can already see a hint that this was a bad thing to do. At the very end of verse 18, notice we are told that he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. And once again, it's emphasized that this is money or goods or weight of measure that belongs to his master, not him. And yet he puts it in a hole. So we have three servants, but two basic results. Two were able to double their master's trust while one literally buried it. And gosh, like, I don't think anyone wants to be like the last guy, right? No one wants to bury what they have. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget, I heard a saying of a guy who said, like, he did a poll, a statistic, I don't know. We're real big on statistics in America, right? And he, and he said, if you go to a, a, a retirement home, or like a home that's preparing you for death, right? For being honest. A convalescent home, just like the end of stage, end of life home. If you go there and you begin to ask questions, the number one common denominator of response was, I wish I would have. Man, if I could go back, I, I, I just lived too safe. I wasn't willing to risk. I wasn't willing to do the things that I really felt like I was supposed to do. But let's add some biblical context. I wasn't willing to do what God said to do. And I, I just don't want to live that life. How about you? I know you don't. At the core of who you are, of course you don't. But what happens is we, we have a false idea of how God works in his kingdom. And he's giving us the blueprint right here. We will miss the point of the parable if we solely want to focus on the two that received the double portion. The focus on the parable is on the one who did nothing with what he had. The two were grateful for the tremendous privilege while the other servants' actions show us the lack of love and loyalty that they had for their master. He seems to have no sense of obligation to his master. So Jesus is setting the stage to remind us of this. There are many who will profess with their lips but their lives say that they really don't care about God. They, will be they view following Jesus as drudgery or obligation or, and then it turns to legalism. And it's just like, yeah, you know, I've talked about like, like the Eeyore, right? It's like, yeah, I love Jesus, man. Yeah, it's all about Jesus. It's just like, yeah, I know. And then we have all these false I am statements because we don't know who the great I am is. It's like, yeah, I'm just not good enough, man. No, I'm just not going to make it. It's just not going to work. Yeah, no one loves me, man. I'm just worthless. I'm, I'm... 
I'm not going to ever do anything with my life. Like, no one's ever going to love me. I'll never get, you know, I'll never win my wife back. Or I'll never. It's like all of these crazy false I am statements. And, and then what concerns me, can I just be honest, what concerns me is that individual might have been following Jesus all their life. Then why are we talking like that? And that tells me that we don't know our word. You need to know this thing, man. Like, you need to read this. You need to digest this. You need to understand this. And it's not my job. Can I be honest with you? It's not my job to, to read every verse to you and say, hey, come spectate. Let me read to you. Let me read. Yeah, do you get that? That's amazing. Now go and do it. You know what my job is? My job is to equip you. But can I be honest? I might not be able to read every verse, verse by verse to you. That's between you and God. My Bible says in First and Second Timothy that as a pastor, as a teacher, I will be judged on according to what I say and what I do with my life. But what, what can't happen is you can't be fixated on me like I'm your savior because I'm going to fail you, man, big time. <laughs> You're going to get upset with me. So you can't look at me like some guy that has it all put together. I, I don't have it put together. You have to look at God. You have to look at Jesus. You have to look at the master. You have to look at him as the lion of the tribe of Judah, as the lamb that was sacrificed on behalf of you and I that says, come into my kingdom, but man, you lose all rights in my kingdom. It's my way, not your way. And what, what I don't want us to miss is that we have to get back to this right here. Like, this will convict you. It really will. <laughs> I was talking to someone on Friday, and, and, and they were like, man, I didn't even know that that happened with Lot and his wife and the cousin of Lot and the daughters, right? Like, those are all crazy things. It's just like, this is a messy thing. This old, the Old Testament's messy, and it's nasty, and it's gruesome, and it's weird, right? It's like, the Bible says that, and then the son looked at Noah's behind. What does that mean? And then he cursed his son. Like, what? You have to read this thing and digest this thing, and yes, that's why you have leaders and people that know the scripture and have studied it, but you, we, are, we live in a generation, you have so many resources, you don't even have to go to Bible school. But, but you need to, to heed the warnings, though, because there needs to be a biblical due diligence, and that's where leaders come into place, and that's where authority comes to place. And that's where I, I, I fear God so much because I'm like, gosh, what do we do? Do we just go through like, and I have to, I'm not your savior. <laughs> and the reason I say this is because if you were really serious about this, I wouldn't have to encourage you to be like, come on, man, let's go. You'd be like, come on, man, I, like, put me in, dude. Hey, pastor, put me in. What do you, what do you need? Where, where, are we, where are we going? Who, what, what, what demons are we slaying today? What, what do we need to pray out of my life? Because so I got to go somewhere. I'm going somewhere. How, how do we reach the youth in our city that are killing themselves out of depression and anxiety? How do we reach those in our community? How do we reach our, our friends and our neighbors and our loved ones? And it first starts with you looking different. But you can't look different if, you, if we just come in on a Sunday, clock in, read the word, and then go, and then it's just like, yeah, yeah, doing my thing, doing my thing, cussing, watching porn, doing all this craziness, having resentments between mom and dad, and cutting people out of our life, and then it's like, all right, I'm back in the house of God. God, you're so good. Wow. 
yeah, Holy Spirit, come. Man, I'm not dishing that. I'm just saying, like, it's got to be resolved in here. We can't keep playing church. I don't want to play church anymore. Does that make sense? And I just have to say this because, yeah, I have to say it because I want the, the spiritual gifts. You know what I'm praying for in this fast? I'm praying that God would transform our culture into a prophetic culture. That might bother some people in the room that were raised certain ways. But I, I read the Bible, and I want the book of Acts at Coin Church. Yeah. Acts 2.42, they gather together in fellowship. Fellowship, putting in the Greek, is koinonia, K-O-I-N, that's coin. We're a people that gather together under the Godship, under the Lordship of Jesus, who has entrusted us with gifts and talents and abilities for his kingdom. So that when we gather together, we can save some, just a few. It could just be a couple of people in your own life. Let's just start there. To where you can help people be pulled out of the, the, the grasp of hell. But Jesus has to be Lord first. And that's where I was going. Sorry, I got distracted. The gifts. You can talk to my mom. Where's my mom? Is she in the room? Oh, she's not in the room. She's serving in the kids. Yeah. Yeah, mom. <laughs> you can talk to my mother. I was raised both in a Bible college, church, Bible church, heavy on the Bible. Yes, 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 100%. But I was also raised in a charismatic environment where you walk in the room and your like, legs are trembling and you don't know why. Where you walk in the room and, and an old woman is praying for you and starts to discern things inside your heart and starts calling you out. And you don't know who this woman is. She's like reading your mail. Like, what? How does that happen? But I've also been in environments where I've gone, and my mom's taken me there, and we've had conversations, and there was some trauma, and people were trying to push me down. Like, just fall down and be slain in the spirit. And I'm like, absolutely not. What's going on here? I'll never forget my father was so upset with my mom one time <laughs> because we went up to get prayed. I was probably like 10 years old, man. And my dad goes up to get prayed, and I could see them trying to push him down. And my dad's a big man. And he was like, I'm not going to let them do that. What is this? And I'm like, yes. But see, as a little boy, God was doing something in me. And you know, I, I, want, I, want, I want the God made, not the man made. I want the God version of the supernatural and a prophetic culture of men and women that are participating in the gifts and the talents and the resources, but from a healthy place, from a place where I don't have resentments. And if I do, I got to work that out right now. Today, the Bible says today, if you have any issues with a brother or sister, don't even give, don't even participate in communion. The Bible says that. Go and work it out with them before you even come back here. But I, I don't know, somewhere along the journey, we miss that peace. And so I'm asking God in this fast, God, first do it in me. Could you pray that? God, first do this in me. I don't want my family to, to fall in generational curses or generational consequences. I don't want my family of line for people in, in my past. I don't want the sins of my father or grandfather or great-grandfather be passed down into my generation. I'm going to cut that in the name of Jesus. But it starts with being unapologetically open to what God wants to do. Does that make sense? You guys good? Gosh, I get so animated and excited. I got to take a drink of water. <laughs> Come 
Worship team, you guys can come on up. I want to say this. I think Jesus, in a way, is saying if you want positions of importance in the kingdom, then be faithful with the resources that God has given you. I'll say it again. I think Jesus, in a way, in this parable is saying, if you want positions of importance in the kingdom of heaven, I don't want positions of importance in the world. I want, I want to have authority in the spiritual realm. Right, Kev? I, I, man, I want, I want to have authority in the spiritual realm. I, want, I desire that. That's been my prayer. God, I don't, need, I don't want to be raised up for man. I don't need that junk. But raise me up as a spiritual force because I can only get power from you. I can only get wisdom from you. I, you are the mighty counselor, so I can only get counsel from you. And so when I have resolved that, I'm like, all right, the power comes in the secret place. The power comes in the Father. The power comes when you're empowered by the Spirit of God. And if we want that, can I just say that's a dangerous prayer. I, I recognize that, man. It's so dangerous. Sometimes I just feel like I'm going through hell. I'm going through hell. And only Kelly knows the weight, if I can tell you that. Only Kelly knows the weight, man. It's not easy to do this. It's not easy. If you're a father, it's not easy to be a father. It's not easy to be a single mom. You know the weight of that? It's not easy to fight other people's demons, to fight other people's strongholds. It gets heavy after a while. But... It can only be God that does it. I have to give it all to God. I can't, it can't be my strength or my power. What does the Bible say? He says, not by my might, nor by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah, I need, I need that. So my friend, if you're faithful with a little, what, whatever, what do you have like Moses came to the burning bush, the great I am? He's like, oh, I'm a stutterer, and I don't have much, God. You want me to go save these people? And he's like, Moses, what's in your hand? Oh, I got a staff. What am I going to do with a staff? Throw the staff down. Let me show you my power. It's not you, Moses. It's me. And so we have to get to the point with what do you have in your hand? Like, what, what do you have for the kingdom? Start there. And if I could say this, and I got to throw this plug in because it's important, Okay. Are we serving in the house of God? Do you serve God's house? Man, I love the men in the room. My father comes he, every week just to clean the church. And he stands in the back as a soldier, checking to see what's going on, checking to see any crazies coming out. That's, that's why he stands with, with some strength, right? Because he's watching over us. He's asked, we, we need a security team. I don't know why people's crazy lately, right? But then we have greeters, and we have those that are like the Tiggers. We got the Haley's and the Sarah's that are like, hey, what's going on? And the right? Like, how are you guys? Come on. Right? Come on, but <laughs> but that's bring your gift. Bring your gift. If you're introverted, I love the introverts. 
then do the thing, the task that's focused. We have people in the back that are so focused. We got Emma and Dylan. We got people back there that are just doing the lyrics. And, and, the, and you might say, oh, yeah, that's all fluff. No, man, we're honoring God. Yeah. This is unto the Lord. Because I want to be faithful with the little. What about a parking? I've been praying for a parking team forever. I want people to come in and be like, what's up, guys? We got the Tiggers out there. Dan, welcome to church. You came to church on a Sunday morning. Hog for Jesus. Like, we want a parking lot team. But, like, I, it's, it's frustrating. It's like, oh, who do we have to ask to serve? Could you please serve? It's like, no, man, we don't need to do that. If you want to serve, serve God's house and be faithful to him. And say, How, throw me in, man. What do I need to do? You want to be on the prayer team? Then get discipled and learn how to fight demons. But you got to fight the demons that are inside of you first if you want to be in that space. But we need, a, we need a prayer team, man. God says my house should be a house of prayer. Am I, am I too hard right now? Gosh, I need to take another sip of water. So faithfulness, I'm sorry, JMR, I keep going, man. Faithfulness, here it is. I got it right here. Faithfulness is the soil to blessing. Can you breathe that in with me? Faithfulness is the soil to blessing. Come on, say that with me. Faithfulness is the soil to blessing. Faithful with God, faithful in your home, faithful with your family, faithful in your finances, faithful with your character, faithful in all of the things that God is saying. Not Faithful in obedience, faithful, faithful, faithful. Well done, my good and faithful. My good and faithful servant. Man, I trusted you with a little, and you just kept doing it, and you just kept doing it, you just kept doing it. And now you are in a place of authority where demons would tremble when you rock them. I want to I see that old school come back, yeah. right? Where people are crippled, and they need healing, where they have things going on. I've always prayed to God when I went to Bible school, God, I want to see a blind man see. And I believe that with every fiber of my being. Why is it that it happens in other countries? Why can't it happen here? I want women and men who have cancer, stage four cancer, to come up and feel the power and the presence of God, where it's only in the power. It's not my power, it's God's power. And by the way, all of you have access to that power. It's like, man, step up. Amen? I love you so much. Whatever you think I might have towards you, I don't. Whatever way I think I think about you, I don't. Because I, I go to God and he refreshes me and he changes me and he says no more resentment, no more anger, no more scarcity. Walk as a man of God. Walk as a woman of God and stand and walk and move and breathe and live and be faithful. Come on, give a shout of praise to God if you believe in his faithfulness. 